praise the Lord. Well, you may go ahead and be seated. You know, God, He's wanting to bring us up. God is wanting us to expect Him to be God. He is God. He can't get any bigger. He can't get any more powerful, but He certainly can in our thinking. God's not limited by what He can do. He's only limited by what we can believe Him for. So in this day and in this hour, God is desiring to expand us. He's desiring to enlarge us so that we can receive of His fullness. How many of you believe that you can get bigger on the inside? I didn't ask how many of you believe that you can get bigger in the natural. We know that's not hard. But we're talking about in here. When I say in here, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm believing to get a bigger belly. I never heard anybody say that. None of us want to believe for that. We don't want to believe that we're going to get bigger here. But on the inside. In the spirit, man. Amen. The pastor has alluded to several things that we had heard at Brother Keith Moore's meeting. And and I'm going to just go ahead and expound on a few of those things. God gave me a whole lot of different things. But if we were to title this tonight, we would entitle it an enlarged heart. Again, in the natural, you don't want an enlarged heart. That's not a good thing in the natural. But when it comes to spiritual things, we want our heart enlarged. We want to be increased on the inside. Our God is a big God. He is the most high God. There's no beginning and there's no end to him. There's no limit to his love, to his ability, to his power, to his might. God is great. And you know what he wants to do? He wants to show himself strong on our behalf and in our midst. The main thing that all of us need, again, it's not to expand our belly. It's not to have an enlarged heart in the natural. The main thing that we need is spiritual expansion. I like something that Smith Wigglesworth said. How many of you have ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He was an apostle of faith, mighty man of God, raised people from the dead, had awesome things happen in his ministry. And he had this revelation. He said this, I am a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. What was he talking about? He knew, he had the revelation that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He had inside information that God lived on the inside of him. We've been told that he would get up every morning and he'd look in the mirror and he'd say, God lives in that person. When you know we can flippantly say that, but when you really know that God lives in me. God speaks through my mouth. God's looking through these eyes. God uses these hands to touch people, to minister the life of God. God walks where I walk. Wherever I go, 
God goes. When we have that revelation, God inside-minded. You know what would happen? We'd live differently. We might not go to some of the places that we go. We might not say some of the things that we say because we have this revelation aware God is on the inside of me. I am a carrier of the life of God, of the power of God. And you know what else? It would change our perspective. When we see somebody that is going through a difficult time, when we see somebody whose body is racked with pain, we wouldn't draw back in fear and think, oh man, I wish somebody would help them. No, it would just become second nature to us to say, you know what? You want me to pray for you? God is in me. When I put my hands on you, it's the hand of God touching you. There's nothing between me and the power of God except this layer of skin. Carriers of the life of God. Ambassadors. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is a sent one. Do you know where you're sent from? You're sent from the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We're placed on this earth to represent Him in all that we do, in all that we say. So God is saying to us, on the inside of you, I want you to take the limits off of me. I'm not a little itty bitty God. Too many people have it in reverse. Oh, the devil this. Oh, the devil that. The devil stirred this up. The devil did this. The devil did that. And then it comes to when they think about God. Well, he might do something if it be his will. If it be his will. Folks, that's all backward. Our God is the most high God. Our God is the most powerful one. We're not to magnify the devil. Let's magnify God. And you know what? The more you talk about him, the more you talk about his greatness, the more you extol his goodness, the more you just become a blabbermouth about God. You know what happens? He gets bigger. He gets bigger. You know, if you're, if you're in love with somebody and maybe you don't tell them on a regular basis, you should tell your mate on a regular basis that you love them. But if you don't talk about them, if you don't, in a positive way, you don't tell them that you love them, you know what can happen? That relationship can get dull, dry, and boring. But I mean, if you just talk it up, if you just go around saying, oh, I'm married to the best man in the universe, and you just tell him every morning, honey, you're such a hunk. Honey, you just make my liver quiver every time I see you. And you just talk them up and talk them up. And wherever you go, you just talk about how wonderful your husband or your wife is. And you tell them how much you love them. You know what happens? That love grows. And it expands. And it's the same with the things of God. We ought to be talking God up. Amen. We shouldn't be limited in our love for Him. We, you know, we can be limited By what's in our heart. And you know what? You can't fool God about what's in your heart. Are the matters of the heart important? God knows what's in our heart. 
God knows how we really perceive Him. God knows whether we're really believing His, believing His Word. And He has always looked at the heart. Let's look at examples of a, in the Bible of a man called David. And let's see how important it is of what's in our heart. We'll look at most of our, uh, verses tonight in the New King James. In 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, in the New King James, this was the time when God sent the prophet down to, to the prophet Samuel down to David's parents' house, to his dad's house, and he said, one of his sons, I am going to appoint king. And you know the story, there's all sorts of boys in the household, what was it, six, seven, I don't know how many sons he had, a lot of them, but they were all tall and good looking, and, and the first one showed up, and the prophet said, oh, surely this is the Lord's anointed. And God said, nope, that's not him. And then he went down through the whole list of all of them. And in verse 7, this is what the Lord said to Samuel. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. Does it matter what's in our heart? Does it matter when God looks into our heart that he finds faith? That he finds trust. That he finds confidence in him. That he finds love overflowing toward him. Yes, it does. It's not about what we have in the natural. The prophet Samuel, the Lord was teaching him a lesson. He went and looked at all of these men. And all of these young men that looked like they would be such a great king. And then he says, do you have any more sons, Jesse? And he goes, just one. Just a little. The youngest one, David. And he's out tending the sheep. And as soon as he came, the Lord said, he's the one. Maybe he was short. It says he was of a ruddy complexion. Maybe he didn't weigh very much. Maybe he wasn't all that handsome. He was probably at that awkward stage as a teenager. You know what I'm talking about? Whether, you know, not real confident and all of that stuff. And God said, that's the one. It's not about what we look like in the natural. It's not about our social status. It's not about what we have in our checkbook. It's about what we have in our heart. If you have it in your heart that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then it doesn't really matter what your checkbook says or how much cash you have in your hand. Because with faith in your heart and believing the word of God, you can get whatever you need. Got a question for you tonight. What's in your heart? David, again, he was anointed to be king. And think about his life. David didn't kill the lion and the bear with physical strength. 
David didn't slay, slay Goliath after he had bench pressed 500 pounds or popped open a can of spinach like Popeye. I'll date myself. Some of you don't know what that is. Well, go on YouTube. Maybe you can find Popeye. He didn't do these things after he ate spinach or after he ate some miracle green drink. No, he did them in the strength, power, and ability of God. And that's why God chose him. Had nothing to do with his appearance. Had nothing to do with how many weights he could lift. It had everything to do with what was on the inside of him. God saw what was in his heart. And what did he see in David's heart? Read the book of Psalms. David knew how to worship God. God saw in him a heart that was after him. A heart that loved him. A heart that trusted him. A heart that would believe him. And David, he was a perfect example of that verse that says, they that know their God shall do exploits, shall do great and mighty things. That's exactly what David did. And it was a result of what David had in his heart and the result of David knowing God. With God, nothing is impossible. And when you are with God, are you with God? I'm with him. Hallelujah. I'm with God. I'm on the Lord's side. Are you on the Lord's side? I'm with him. He's in me. Glory be to God. So if nothing is impossible with him, then that means if I hook up with him, even if an impossible situation shows up, it's possible. Hallelujah. For it to change and turn around because I know him. David He saw himself as a winner. David saw himself able to run through a troop and leap over a wall. David saw himself as becoming a giant slayer. Before he ever threw that first stone and cut off Goliath's head, he had to see it here On the inside of him. He could have never gone out there and faced Goliath. If what he saw on the inside of him was defeat. If what he saw on the inside of him was him getting killed. And Goliath feeding his carcass to the fowl of the air. That's what he said he was going to do. But David didn't accept that picture. David had a different image on the inside of him. He had an image on the inside of him of becoming a giant slayer. What do you do when giants show up in your life? Do you tremble in fear? Do you think there's no way I can ever take this giant down? Or do you see yourself putting your foot on their head and cutting off their head? That's what God wants you to see. We got to see it on the inside before we can ever seize it. In the natural. God's provoking us. God's saying, come on up. Come on up. Believe me for greater and mighty things. You know, it's wonderful to be able to believe God. To pay your rent. To be able to put food on your table. But is that all that my God can provide? The answer is no. 
Our God is the God of the much, much more. He's a Oh, it's just burning in my heart. He's saying, He's saying, stretch your faith. It's not just about me meeting your needs. Stretch your faith and encompass the world. Believe me for a mighty harvest here in the Bay Area. Stretch your faith and believe me to get you out of debt. Stretch your faith and believe me for abundance in every single area of your life. We limit God. We have such a p- small perception of what He can do. It's okay to start on that level. We all start there. When Pastor Kenneth Hagen was here, he started talking about some of the things, how it was when he was a child. And man, they didn't start up where they ended up. Brother Hagen didn't start out living in a nice house paid for. He didn't start out driving a nice car. And it certainly is not about material things, but that is part of it. God wants us to expand even in that area. And folks, it is not about us for and no more. Let's stop being selfish. The heart of the Father. Oh, grab hold of the heart of the Father. The Father is not willing that any should perish. The Father looks at every single lost person as valuable and as precious. It takes finances to reach the harvest. That's why we're teaching. That's why pastor's teaching on us getting our finances in order. Becoming a tither. Having wisdom with the money that he puts into our hands. Why? God's not trying to get anything from us. He's trying to get things to us. Trying to get things to us. He wants us to be blessed. But before God can get things, do things for you and through you, he's got to get it in you. It's got to be in here first. Do you see yourself well? Do you see yourself strong? Do you see yourself serving the Lord with joy and gladness? What do you see on the inside? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, I believe it's verse 7. As a man thinketh in his heart. What does the rest of it say? So is he. Got a question for you. How do you see yourself? What do you think of yourself? Do you look in the mirror every day and say, oh, I'm getting grayer? I'm certainly not. Hey, you know, if you don't, if you don't like the color of your hair, change it. <laughs> Do you look in the mirror every day and say, oh, man, you're not very good looking. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. You're a loser. Oh, man, you're getting fatter. Or do you look in the mirror and say, I'm a winner. God lives in me. I am blessed. I am. I'm good looking. I'm a man. 
major blessing. Hallelujah. I'm prosperous. I'm healthy. If you don't believe that, guess what? Nobody else will either. The way you see yourself on the inside is how other people will perceive you. If you think people are being mean to you, if you think people are rude to you and they don't notice you, maybe it's because you see on the inside of you, I'm not important. I'm not worth anybody waiting on me. I'm not worth this. I'm not worth that. You know what I say almost every day of my life, especially if I'm getting ready to go shopping? (laughs) I'm encompassed about with the favor of the Lord. I'm telling you, I've had it had over and over and over and over and over again. The favor of the Lord. This girl knows how to walk in the favor of the Lord. I see those deals you're getting. She's got on a $6 suit. She's in the right place at the right time. The favor of the Lord. That's a good thing to confess to. I'm always in the right place at the right time. And I say it all the time. People are wanting, people just want to help me. People are just disposed to show me kindness and goodness. I go into stores sometimes, I find an outfit or whatever, and I don't even ask. And they'll say to me, you know, that's going to go on sale tomorrow. And we'll just go ahead and give you that price today. I've had that happen to me so many times. Or, I, you know, I use a certain cosmetic. And I go in there and I'll buy something. And this one particular girl, she loves me. And you know what? The way she's dressed, I know that she's Muslim. But she loves me. And she'll just say, oh, let me give you this. Let me give you that. I go home with all these wonderful samples all the time. Sometimes they're the real size of things. She just starts throwing stuff in my bag. What is that? God's favor. Because I see it on the inside of me. I see that I am a favorite of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, some of you, maybe you don't even believe in this. But another thing that I have, I have parking favor. I say it. And I'm really getting my faith going now that we're getting into the holiday season here pretty soon. I'm using my faith. I got parking favor. I've had people make fun of me. Even my own kids say, oh, mom, blah, 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 blah. Well, I was down at John and Lindy's. Not this time, but another time I was down there. We were at a mall and they was driving around looking for a park. Couldn't find a park. He said, mom, could you use that? parking favor <laughs> and I said I don't know son it's on my car I don't know if it's on your car or not but no <laughs> you gotta believe it <laughs> it does matter how we see ourselves it matters what's on the inside of you oh hallelujah do you see yourself as more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Do you see yourself that he always causes me to triumph in every situation? Do you see yourself full of the wisdom of God? Anytime a situation arises and you don't know what to do, do you just start saying, oh, I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I just don't know what to do. I'm so confused. Ah." Or do you stop for a minute, start praying in tongues? 
I might not have the answer right now, but I know how to get it. Oh, hallelujah, right here on the inside of me. And I'm just going to stop. And yeah, I'm going to pray in tongues. And while I'm praying in tongues, my tongue, it's hooking up with that wisdom of God on the inside of me. And as you pray in tongues, you'll draw up the answer. Never say, you might have to say, well, I don't know right now, but never say, I'm confused. I always make the wrong decision. I always do the wrong thing. Oh man, I just missed it. Oh boy, I should have been there yesterday. No. Say, I've got the mind of Christ. I got the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. I'm always in the right place at the right time. And I always know what to do because I've got the answer on the inside of me. And this is important to say this. I'm the bronchitaha. Don't lean to your own understanding. I, the Bible says, don't lean to your own understanding, but lean to who's on the inside of you. Don't walk after the flesh. Don't make rash decisions out of your emotions. Take time to pray in the spirit and locate what's on the inside of you. Follow after peace. Anytime somebody or something is pressuring you, you got to do it now. You got to tell me right now. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Say, I'm going to step back and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to get it on the inside. You're just going to have to wait till I know that I know that I know. It would save us so much heartache. And so much tragedy and so much having to backtrack if we just listen. Follow after peace. Amen. Well, it is a tactic of the devil to pollute your heart. See, we're talking about enlarging your heart, expanding your heart, having a heart that is clean and pure and open so that you can hear. The voice of God. But the enemy comes along and he tries to pollute our heart. What's he do? He wants to get it full of doubt, full of unbelief. If he can't get you in that, then he tries to get you mad at somebody, full of anger. Tries to get bitterness in there, root of bitterness springing up. What's it going to do? It's going to trouble you. It's going to pollute you. It's going to corrupt your heart where you can't hear what he's trying to say to you. It's important to keep our heart clean, clear, and open so that we can hear the voice of God. We've been talking about David, and I was looking at this today. There was a time in David's life that he had to repent. At this point, he had become king, but he wasn't acting like a king. He was acting like some of the politicians of our day. He wasn't living up to a moral code that he should have been. He let his eyes wander. And he, you know the story, most of you know the story. Bathsheba was a beautiful woman and she was out taking a bath on the top of her roof. Her husband was off in battle. David saw her, King David. He had had her brought to him. She became pregnant. He thought nobody knew. 
So what did he do? He had her husband sent to the front line so he'd be killed. And he took Bathsheba as his wife trying to cover up his sin. You know what? It doesn't pay to try to cover up things that we've done. Sin. Even when we think nobody else knows. Guess who always knows? God knows. Is there anything hidden from him? Is there anything about us that he doesn't already know? No, God sees and God knows everything else. Does God know if you go out with your buddies and smoke a little reefer? Even though mama might not know, and I think that's the right word. I have to learn these words from my husband. (laughs) Even mama might not know. Your brother might not know. But God knows. You know, even when we are baby Christians... Our heart will convict us. And our heart will lead us in the right way. And God's dealing with the heart. Matters of the heart. It just kind of astounds me sometimes. Even when people are newly born again. And they come up to you and they'll say, is this wrong? Is that wrong? You know if they're asking that their heart is already convicting them. Years ago, when my brother and and his wife, Ricky and Sally, first started pastoring in in the little town there in Pawnee, Oklahoma, where I grew up, Pawnee is the national headquarter for the Pawnee uh, Indian tribes. And anyway, so they were getting some of the the Indians uh, uh, born again there. And so some of them had gotten born again. And uh, it was powwow time. Around July 4th, they have big powwow there, and people come from all over, and they set up their tents. And it was like really late. Two o'clock in the morning or something, Ricky gets a knock on his door and some of his new converts said, Pastor, our cousins just came into town and they have some peyote. And they, I was just wondering, do you think it's okay if we smoke some peyote with them? And my brother, not wanting to condemn him, and I'm sure he wasn't very awake, he said, well, you know, I don't think I'd do that. Oh, okay, Pastor, we won't. Why did they come all the way out there to ask pastor if it was okay to smoke peyote? Their heart was already telling them, don't do it. And you know the reason that people just keep messing up and messing up and doing the same thing over and over again is you know what happens? They override their heart. And then their heart gets calloused. And then they start thinking, my heart doesn't convict me. Why? Because it's hard as a rock. That's why you can't hear the voice of God anymore. And I'm not talking to anybody in here. Don't throw any stones. But just a thought. Just a thought. Keep your heart tender. Tender hearted. Soft and pliable. Open, clean, and clear. The Bible describes David as a man that was quick to repent and quick to believe God. It even says that David was a man after God's own heart. Even after this horrible sin that he had committed, God said, David is a man after my own heart. Because when the prophet Nathan showed up and he began to describe this story of of what had happened, and David is like, where is that man? 
Let's, let's get him. Let's kill him. The prophet said, you are that man. Immediately, David fell to his knees and repented. That's a tender heart. He missed it, all right? He missed it big time. But yet, he didn't try to make excuses. He repented. And God said, he's a man after my own heart. Because even though he missed it, he wants everything to be all right. Between me and him. As a matter of fact, I love this passage of scripture in Psalms 51 verse 10. And we'll look at it in the New King James Version. We're not going to get through this tonight, so we'll pick up next week. But Psalms 51 verse 10 and 12 in the New King James, it says, this is David praying. And actually, this is right after the prophet Nathan had come and told him that God was not happy About what happened with Bathsheba. He fell to his face. He began to repent. And this was his prayer. He said, oh God, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a steadfast, a right spirit within me. Then he said this, do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Then I love this part. Restore. Everybody say restore. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. You know, if your heart is convicting you, if there's things that are in your heart that are standing in the way between a rich, sweet fellowship with you and the Lord, you know what else is affected? Your joy. You begin to lose that joy because when you go into his presence, you don't have that overwhelming sense of, oh God, I love you. I came to fellowship with you because on the inside of you, you're hearing, make it right. Get this right. Repent of this. Go and talk to that person. Get rid of that anger. Get rid of that bitterness. And you know what? If that's in there, it affects our joy level. How many of you want to be happy in Jesus? How many of you want to be able to walk in the joy of the Lord? Well, then maybe there's some little adjustments that need to happen. Maybe there's some correction that needs to happen. And But you can do it just like David did it. And then you can lift your hands and say, Oh, Lord, I have repented. I thank you, Lord, that my heart is clean. My heart is clear. Before you. Now I'm rejoicing and I'm thanking you, Father, for restoring unto me the joy of my salvation. Matters of the heart matter. It matters what's on the inside of us. Let's look at another scripture here in the New Testament. Luke 6, 45. I want to look at this in the New Living Translation. New Living Translation in Luke 6, 45. Hallelujah. Y'all can take a little bit more. Oh, there it is. That's how long I've been going. Hello. Look at the clock. Hi, guys. I've been going. <laughs> I was going, oh, no, I haven't looked at my watch. My helper's up there. Anyway, Luke six forty-five. A good person. Produces good things from the treasury of a good heart 
Isn't that good? The treasury of a good heart. When you're putting good things in your heart, when you're filling your heart with the Word of God, when you're filling your heart with the love of God, when you're confessing the Word and meditating on the Word, you know what it is? It's a treasure. You got hidden treasures right here. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. But an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Whoa, that's pretty heavy. You know, in in the King James, it says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. But I like how that said that. What you say flows from the treasury that is in your heart. If garbage is coming out of your mouth, if negativity is coming out of your mouth, guess what? Your treasury is full of junk. It's full of garbage and you need to do some house cleaning. Amen. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you don't like the path that you're on, Check the words that are coming out of your mouth. Check what you're feeding on. You know that old saying, it happens with our bodies. Garbage in, garbage out. Positive input enlarges your heart. Positive input input puts good treasures on the inside of you. And it increases our capacity to receive. But negative input, it restricts. It narrows our heart and it limits our capacity to receive. Let's look at one more passage here tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is where I was wanting to get to. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11 through 13 in the New King James. We'll pick it up here next week, but I want to read these scriptures. Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. I'm reading it out of the New King James. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children. You also be open. Let's catch that part. You also be open. He was telling them they needed to expand. They needed to widen their capacity to receive. And he's saying it has to do with what is in your heart. Did I get the wrong? Oh, yeah. That's right. He said here, I like this verse 11 again. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. What's he saying here? You're restricted. You're narrow. You're choked. Not by God. But, and not by what he can do. But what's in your own heart. Now listen to this in the message. If you can pull up 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11. In the message. 11 through 13. Okay. Because you want to see this in the message. It's really good. Message translation. Can you find, do we have the message translation? I'll just read it. 
Okay. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. Woo! Isn't that good? We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Hallelujah. What's he saying? He's provoking them to get bigger on the inside to open up their lives. And I love how this says here, we didn't fence you in the smallness you feel. It doesn't come from other people. It comes from in here. He's saying, you're not small, but you're living in a small way. What is that telling us? It's telling us that people limit God by what's on the inside of them. And he's saying, people are not your problem. Things going on around you are not your problem. The economy is not your problem. When you feel like you're fenced in, when you feel like you're being choked, when you feel like you're being held back and held down, it's not people that's doing it to you. You're doing it to yourself because you got a little small picture of God. He's saying to them, oh, dear, dear Corinthians, I want you to open your hearts up. I want you to live a full life. I want you to walk in all that God has provided for you. I want you to see him for who he really is. Do any of you tonight feel like the spirit of God is provoking you? He's challenging all of us. Take the limits off. Stop living in a small way. Stop saying, oh, it's too big for God. Oh, this can never change. Stop saying, oh, I just was born like this. Oh, this is all I'll ever have. This is the best we can ever do. It might be the best you can do in and of yourself, but it's not the best God can do. Stop trying to do it yourself. The smallness that you feel, he said, it's coming from the inside of you being held back and living in that way. It's not, it's not anybody else's fault. People say, oh, if the government would just change, oh, if they would just give me a bigger welfare check, oh, if we just get another president, oh, if this, oh, if that, oh, if they just give me a raise on the job, it's my boss, it's his fault. Oh, it's my wife's fault. She goes to the mall way too much. It's my wife's fault. Stop blaming everybody else. The smallness that you feel, the small life. He said it like that. You're living a small life. And he said, it's because that's how you see yourself. It's because that's how you see God. If you really saw God, 
as the creator of the universe. The all-sufficient one. The most high God. The God with whom nothing is impossible. If you really begin to see, oh, heaven is a great place. Heaven's not crowded. They're not fenced in in heaven. There's no double bungalows in heaven. There's no high-rise apartments in heaven. Our God believes in vastness. Our God believes in us living, hallelujah, the good life. Hallelujah in every single area. Oh, let's just stand now and just begin to praise him. We'll pick up here next week. Glory be to God. Father, we thank you for your word. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you are not a small God. Oh, we thank you that you are a big God. You are the God with whom nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Oh, we magnify you. We exalt you. Get a rema sobreca de dom rogela de bon rebo sobreca de ha. Ebaco sombreca de ha. I just have both riba sombreta. On the inside of me, I just hear that. Take the limits off. And it's even though don't riba so it's even regarding employment. Some of you have been unemployed for quite a while. And you're thinking, oh, I don't know. I just don't know if I'll ever be able to get a job at the level that I was before. I just don't know. I think we're just going to have to cut this and cut that. Of course, you need to use wisdom. But the Spirit of God is saying, not only are you going to get a job at the level that you had before... But if you will trust me, I will do Ephesians 3.20. I will do exceedingly, abundantly, above, hallelujah, above, glory be to God. Our God is the God that is able and willing to do exceedingly, abundantly above, to give you a hundredfold, even in the time of famine. Woo! You know why? Because he wants to get all the glory. When God does it, he gets all the glory. How many of you received that tonight? How many of you are believing? How many of you are believing for a new job? How many of you are believing for a job? Let me see your hands. Hallelujah. How many of you grab hold of that tonight? All right, just say it with me. Father, in the name of Jesus... I received your word and I am expecting an exceedingly abundantly above job greater than my last job, better pay, better benefits. I give you glory in advance. Now let's just begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. You are enlarging our hearts. You are expanding us on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, do you all have something we can just go ahead and just rejoice in the Lord, our God? Glory.
Go ahead, rejoice. right now. Father, you are God. You are the most high God. You are the God with whom nothing is impossible. This week, I'm going to meditate on your greatness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping my heart to expand. And enlarge. Woo, everybody put your hands right here on your spirit. Hallelujah. Say, enlarge. Expand. Increase. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let's just spend a minute praying in tongues. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we water the seed of the word that we have heard tonight. Oh, mangare sendorolo brikidenda rabogoredaha greater 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 kembalolalalalaba sobraka greater days greater days ha 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 increase increase abadondo rabagala dadaba kosombrakadaha eh dalalalalalalaba Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we need to pray for the harvest. How many of you will be willing for God to enlarge your heart for the lost? That you'll be willing to be sensitive in your spirit, even this week, and say, Lord, show me. Who should I minister to? It might just be a smile. It might just be Jesus loves you. It might be handing them a track. But folks, we need our hearts to be open to humanity. Hurting, dying, sighing humanity is around us every single day. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask by the Holy Spirit... That this very week, Lord, that you would touch all of our hearts. May our hearts be tender. May our hearts be sensitive to those that we come in contact with. Father, we want to be a witness. We want to be your hands extended. We want to be carriers of your love and of your goodness. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, we pray for the harvest here in the Bay Area. Lord, we pray for those that don't know you, those that are hurt.